Hi, and welcome to Small Business MBA. My name is Yasmin Ali. Constantly, one of the biggest fears that small business owners carry with them is that of the dreaded tax man. Tax is seen as evil, something that gets taken from us without getting anything in return. Now, when I facilitate to entrepreneurs, I often try to convince them otherwise. After all, SARS are just doing a job that they have been mandated to do. But since I really, really succeed, today I would rather spend our time looking at how you can keep on the right side of SARS and optimize your tax processes. The most important thing to remember is that whether you are an expert or not, you need to get educated on, at the very least, the basics of tax. I'm not suggesting that to be a successful entrepreneur, you need to be a tax expert. But I also have heard many stories of entrepreneurs leaving every single aspect to their accountants and later finding out that their accountants had defrauded them or had made mistakes that the entrepreneur was later held accountable for. Compliance in every aspect is your key fiduciary responsibility as an entrepreneur. And tax compliance is one of the basics. Know enough to know as an absolute certainty that you are compliant and know what the key records and processes are that you need to have in order to prove it. I've over the years found the understanding of a few tax types to be absolute keys in the successful running of small businesses in particular. Please know that depending on industries and compliance bodies, this can be very onerous and tedious and rocky terrain. For that reason, if you're in a highly regulated industry, I'd strongly recommend that you find a credible tax practitioner, preferably one with experience in the field. But let's start with the basics that apply to all businesses. For me, the basics are VAT or value-added tax, company tax or income tax for your business, pay-as-you-earn tax for your employees and for yourself, UIF, unemployment insurance fund in other words, and your skills development levy. Again, this is nowhere near an exhaustive list. Finding out the exhaustive list for your business is part of you working on your business in order to achieve growth. The first tax type that I mentioned being key is VAT. We'll be doing a show covering VAT in detail in the near future, so I won't go into this one in detail. Let's look at income tax, or what many refer to as company tax. When you register your business, your business is automatically registered for income tax. The first thing to keep in mind is that your company is seen as a legal person and as such is subject to being taxed regardless of the type of business that it is. Often companies are held to provisional tax, which simply means the company's income tax paid over a number of payments throughout the year. Essentially, whether this is paid twice a year or six times a year, it still comes to the same amount of 28% of profits. Yes, I said profits. No, not tax to be paid. And it's a cumulative system. So if you, like most entrepreneurs, only turn profits in your third year, chances are that your net losses will be paying your tax for two years or so. But you have to submit your documentation, even for the duration of the loss, in order to take advantage of this. The next is pay-as-you-earn tax, or employment tax. This is the tax that you pay to SARS on behalf of your employees. This works on a sliding scale where the more you earn, the higher the amount of tax that you pay. Now, over the years, 
many of the benefits that you could give employees that were tax exempt have been changed. In most cases, this has made it far less attractive for companies to offer perks to especially their higher end employees. And who is one of your highest paid employees? Well, depending on the life stage of your business, chances are you are. I see so many entrepreneurs resist paying themselves a proper salary, even after their business can afford it. And tax is often the reason that they give. There's a strong belief that paying yourself minimally and choosing to rather pay for personal expenses via the business saves you tax. I'm not a tax expert, but I do know that this is a dangerous game. Firstly, it opens both you and your business up to scrutiny from SARS and can result in heavy penalties in both areas. Secondly, I'm not totally convinced that it does save money. Many entrepreneurs never do tax returns for the simple reason that they theoretically don't pay themselves and therefore cannot claim tax back. That means that no income is recoverable. If you have paid yourself as an employee and kept things legitimate, it would have been possible to claim back via the same systems that all employees use. So that's just a little bit of food for thought. Next are the two taxes that I tend to refer to as social taxes because they do not actually contribute to infrastructure development or the running of the things needed in the economy, but rather they are there to protect and uplift the society as a whole. UIF, or Unemployment Insurance Fund, is a fund contributed by every working member of society. The idea is that if you should lose your job, you can then claim a portion of your salary from this fund in order to keep more people from becoming destitute. Both employees and the company pay towards this, and it's mandatory and cannot be opted out of. The skills development levy we spoke about briefly in an episode on training and development. This is a fund contributed to by every company that reaches maturity in their payroll in order to uplift the skills level of the country. Companies contribute to the fund via SARS and it's then distributed to the relevant sector training body which is responsible for using it to upskill the youth, the unemployed, previously disadvantaged and anyone else who can benefit. Together these taxes form a system designed to make society better. So tax is not all bad, but we do need to ensure that we are properly armed with the right information to not only become tax compliant, but also to take advantage of the rebates and provisions available to us. With this in mind, after the break, I'll be talking to Lisseri Siforo, Project Manager for Tax at the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants about tax and small businesses. Welcome back to Small Biz MBA. I'm joined by Lucidi Seforo, who is a tax expert based with SICA, South African Institute of Chartered Accountants. Am I right? Yes. Okay, welcome Lucidi. Thanks for having me. Yes, me. Okay, so tax is an extremely daunting topic for small business owners, um, and a lot of the time entrepreneurs avoid dealing with their taxes. Yes. Um, why do you think that is? Well, I think if you look at... Um, entrepreneurship in general. Mm. Most entrepreneurs are in it to 
do their business. They're yeah. not in it to know about labor law or tax law or accounting. Yeah. So they just want to focus on that business and just leave all this other stuff to the experts. It's not it's not part of the fun stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's not it's not part of why I got into this. Yes, I didn't get exactly. into this to do admin mm. and 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 to, you know, sit with numbers. Mm. And yet it it's such an important part because I mean I've seen I've seen um, a lack of knowledge on tax breaking small businesses. Yes, I mean even at Saika we we've gotten complaints from tax practitioners about their clients saying that if this person doesn't get a tax refund uh, yesterday, yeah. for instance, that the business is going down, and also people's tax debts from previous years do does catch up. Uh, and then they have to go into liquidation, for instance. So it is a big problem. So I think that um, you know one of the things that we want to do on the show is give small businesses tips. And I think that the first tip that we can give small business owners is don't avoid it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you keep your records and you hire somebody, you look for a good accountant, a good tax person who will do the work properly. And also you mm. keep them accountable. That's the biggest part. Uh, then there's no reason why you should have any problems. So keeping them accountable, that's an interesting one because a lot of the time, you know, as an entrepreneur, I kind of just want somebody to take the problem away. Yes. <laughs> so how do you keep your accountant accountable? Well, there's a few things you, you need to understand firstly uh, that even though it's the accountants doing the work, but ultimately it's your business, uh, mm. it's your taxes, and you're the one who starts is going to come after. And that's why you could do basic things like before a tax return gets filed, you yeah. just quickly scan over it and see if there are any, uh, how much taxes you're going to pay, what your total expenses are. Yeah. And also when you get assessments from SARS, because you submit a tax mm -hmm. return and then you receive the assessments, uh, you should check for any penalties and those kinds of things and ask your tax practitioner, why is this penalty here? Mm. Is it because I paid late, but I thought I paid... I told you to pay earlier. Why? <laughs> I thought we were on yes, top of that. Yes, that, that kind of thing. And, and, and not being, I think that that's another thing that, um, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with um, because they see this person as the expert. Yes. So, so to actually ask the question on, you know, why is this happening? You know, did we make a mistake? You know, what, uh, you know, what was the, the, the pre-ground? Yes. to this penalty or to this to this audit or yes. you know i think it's important for entrepreneurs to understand that you can actually ask your yes. uh, your accountant that question yes and you should and a good accountant won't see it as a threat they will just welcome it and only they should only be too happy to explain to you why there's a penalty why uh, there's an audit uh, why you need to ob object to an assessment from sars so it you shouldn't see it as some sort of a questioning of the person's ability and they shouldn't see it as a questioning of their ability. Yeah. And if they do, maybe that's not the right um, accountant yeah. for you. Yeah. I want to talk about one of my pet peeves in life, mm. and that is entrepreneurs not paying themselves a salary because they believe that they are going to get taxed more and instead paying for things out of the business. Mm. So as a tax expert, because mm. I'm not one, <laughs> yes. Is that true? Are you going to pay less tax by using your business's money to pay your personal expenses rather than just paying your pay as your own tax after paying yourself a salary from your business? Well, I think uh, it's important to realize that with 
first of all, the expenses that you're paying, personal expenses, for instance, that you're paying out of the business account, which is something many entrepreneurs yep. are doing, you're not going to get a tax deduction on that because it is not an expense for trade purposes. Okay. Uh, it's just a personal expense. So you, the first thing is you're not going to get a tax deduction yep. on that. Uh, the Secondly, there's really not much scope for sort of tax avoidance, legal tax avoidance, mm. where you're just smart about the way you arrange your affairs. So in the... With small entrepreneurs and employees and that kind of thing, there's not much scope for too much create, create, <laughs> know, creative sort of maneuvering, maneuvering tax-wise. Yes. Yeah. So it really doesn't make a difference, uh, but I would go with what you're saying, that you should pay yourself. Uh, it's... It causes the least problems. Yeah. It causes the least audits. It may result yeah. in the, in less audits from SARS because they see the salary comes in and then there's pay-as-you-earn pay that's deducted from your salary and SDL and UIF and those kinds of things. So it's not problematic at all. Whereas with the other stuff uh, where you're just borrowing money from the business, we need to look at things like, okay, if it's a loan, uh, was the mm. interest charge on the loan? Yeah. Usually there was an interest charge on the loan. And actually if a business pays its shareholder uh, a loan, gives, provides a loan to its yeah. shareholder, an interest-free loan, yeah. or even a loan at an interest rate that's lower than the market yeah. rate, yeah. then the difference, uh, the difference between those two interest rates. So for instance, SARS will say, okay, if you would have gone to a bank and gotten a loan, they would have charged okay. you 10%. 10%, yeah. uh, your business has lent to you the money at 0%. Yeah. So that difference. Uh, gets taxed in your hands as a deemed dividend. Interesting. Yes. So, so this this story of just um, turning it into a loan that the business was give that the business has given you can actually have massive tax implications. Yes, and usually these things get discovered after a couple of years. Uh, mm. And the funny thing about tax is the. The later you get caught, the worse, the worse, it, the worse it is because there's all these penalties and all these interests and they're massive and they're accumulated over time. For instance, if you do something that's not right uh, and then it gets caught in the first year, the interest is only going to be very little. If it, get, if it gets caught 10 years later, you can only imagine all the interest that has accumulated over those years. And of course, um, you know... I tend to advise all of my small business owners to keep their records for, um, I, I advise 10 years, I know that the legal requirement is five, yes. um, and it's just as an in case, you know, yes. something does come up, because inevitably what happens is small businesses right at the beginning don't have the right systems and processes, or yes. especially around their financial systems. Yes. So, you know, if something is picked up from five years ago, mm -hmm. And, you know, it turns out to be something cumulative. At least you've got the records going further back that you can say this is where this is where it came from. Yes. And I would actually even go further and say just never get rid of records, period. <laughs> Unless they become unmanageable. But usually, I mean, just a corner in your garage is enough space to keep everything. Uh, because you... Documents get lost, uh, yeah. and it, it's a real thing. Documents can get lost at SARS, where they say, well, we have no record of this, mm. this uh, supporting documents that you say you okay. sent us, and then you have to resend them again. And it can even go back into five years ago. And So you really want to protect yourself. And you can do simple things like, uh, if you have the time or the resources, mm. you can scan all these receipts and all these things and, and store them in that. a cloud or something yeah. like that. I was actually about to ask you that because... Um, a, a suggestion that I've heard a lot was um, because documents also fade to, yes. to, to regularly just scan everything and yeah. keep electronic records. Yeah. Is that, is that, that is okay? Allowed. 
yeah. SARS, in terms of SARS compliance? Yes, well, in terms of uh, certain legal documents that SARS have released, public notices and, okay. and all those other kinds of things, they do say that it is permissible for you to store uh, documents uh, electronically, but as long as it's in a, they would prefer it if it was in a server in South Africa. Okay. Uh, and it's readily accessible to, to you. Okay. Okay, so that, I think that's another, that's another massive tip because I, I can hear a lot of my entrepreneurs going, but I don't have space. So yeah. you don't have space, that's fine. Scan it, store yeah. it electronically, and yeah. make sure that you keep those records safe. Yes, just another thing with the retention of records. What yeah. people, uh, there seems to be an, a misunderstanding about the whole five-year period. Uh, for storing the documents. The five-year period, the clock starts ticking on it as soon as you submit the return. So mm -hmm. if, you, if you were supposed to submit a 2010 return, tax yeah. return, for instance, yeah. and you didn't, then you cannot say, well, five years has passed and therefore uh, I don't need to have these records. Uh, <laughs> as it only starts applying as soon as the tax return gets filed, then you can start counting the five years. So there's a fundamental misunderstanding with that, what I've seen okay. in the industry. So it's, it's, it's important to, I, I think that the most important thing is to actually understand that our tax system isn't that complicated yeah. and there is so much um, information available. Yes. Um, I mean, SARS has actually made it quite easy to find every little piece of information that yes. anyone needs via their website, yes. via their workshops, etc. So, you know, there really isn't an excuse. And, I mean, they do deserve to be commended for many things. There's all these guides, all these... Th mm. For instance, there's a guide on how to complete a return, yes. like where to take what, and there's pictures and all those kinds of things. And even in the website, there's just so much information that people don't know about. Even at the branches, they have these small business desks mm. uh, that they started introducing last year to help specifically entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I know that there are so many other things that we, we could talk about in this yeah. really important topic, but unfortunately we run out of time. So thank, so thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. After the break, I give you some closing tips on how to keep SARS compliant and how to make sure that you don't get in trouble with your taxes. Welcome back to Small Biz MBA. As promised, I've got some key tips to keep you on the right side of SARS. The first thing that I want to talk about is the importance of becoming educated. Now, this show has said this a few times, but I can't reiterate this enough. Education in terms of the tax framework and in terms of the workings of SARS is a key responsibility of yours. How do you get educated? Well, that doesn't mean that you have to attend a course. It doesn't mean that you have to you know, go and get a degree in tax. It's very important to understand that SARS has actually made their website very accessible to the average person in the street. And another great resource available to you is the small business desks that have become available at SARS branches. The consultants at these desks genuinely do understand the plight of small businesses and will explain things to you in a simple and effective way and will even help you complete any of the paperwork that you need to complete in order to keep your business SARS compliant. SARS has a bad reputation in terms of closing small businesses. I'm going to defend them and go, they don't close small businesses, they close small businesses that don't take advantage of all the infrastructure available to help you stay in business. The second thing that I want to talk about is the importance of keeping on time. 
Now, when you are in a business, time is the most valuable commodity that you have at your disposal. What you do on a daily basis within your business will determine whether you're successful or not. With regards to tax, you know when your tax clearance certificate is deeded. You know when your provisional tax is due. These are not surprises to you. Keeping on time is one of the things that will inevitably close your business. Not just because you won't get that tax clearance certificate for that sale, but also because it actually tells me that you're probably running out of time in other aspects as well. So this is an easy one. Just make sure that you diarize, make sure that you put aside time to work with your finances and work with your tax, and make sure that you do it. I recommend that you do your books on a, on a weekly basis, that you put aside time to, for an hour a week, just look at what you need to do in order to remain compliant. The third one, and possibly the most important tip that I can give you, is deal with the fear. I understand that everybody has a fear of SARS. We see it as this big monster that's gonna come in and just wreck everything that we've built. Um, they're unfeeling, they're insensitive, they're cold. But that's not the case. Like I said, SARS has been mandated to do a job. And the fact of the matter is, if you go into some of the, some of the branches, they actually do it with a lot of compassion and a lot of feeling. If you're communicating with SARS, the fact is, if you go in, they will do their best to try to keep you in business. SARS is gonna keep you in business. I hear a lot of people rolling their eyes at me, but one of SARS key responsibilities is to keep as many small businesses in business as possible. The reasoning is pretty simple. The more businesses there are, the more businesses they are paying tax. The more, the more people they employ, the more employees they are paying tax. Therefore, the higher the tax base of the country. So, believe it or not, these people that we see as being mean and evil are actually there to help you stay in business. Those are my three tips when it comes to tax. I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope that you learned a lot that will help you stay, stay SARS and tax compliant in your business. Join us next week for another episode. Thank you.